Hey friend, we just wanted to pop over and remind you of all of the freebies that we have on our website at hustlehumblypodcast.com slash resources. There are quite a few on there. They work for buyers and sellers, for your business, all different things you might need and all for free. Mm -hmm. Alyssa, which one is your favorite? My favorite freebie is the due diligence checklist. Oh, that's a good one and Mm -hmm. so impactful for your buyers. Mm -hmm. It's a great email template. It's a really good one. Uh, My favorite is probably staging checklist. Mm -hmm. I want my sellers to have those houses looking good. Yes, yes. So head over and see which ones you would like to download or get them all. Enjoy. I thought it had to be like, I'm going to tell you this in my living room. (laughs) And now I'm in my kitchen. Just like when you have a baby and all of a sudden all the pictures in your social media are of the baby and the baby and they're like, boy, she's had that baby forever. Yeah. (laughs) And it's only like a four month old baby. (laughs) Yeah. That baby is all we ever see. I mean, I had to work on that for like eight days. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, y'all. Welcome to Hustle Humbly. It's Alyssa and Katie, and we are two top producing realtors in the Baton Rouge market. We work for two different companies where we should be competitors, but we have chosen community over competition. The goal of our podcast is to encourage you to find your own way in business. So stop comparing yourself and start embracing your strengths. Hey y'all, Katie here. I'm sitting by the fire wrapping gifts and I've got a gift for you. Agent Systems 101 is coming soon on December 27th. If 2022 is the year that you're going to implement systems and start treating your business like a business, this is the perfect way to start off on the right foot. Take advantage of that slower real estate season and whip your business into shape. You can find all the reviews and details at agentsystems101.com. And here's a recent review from Jamie. I have always had a decent listing presentation, but Katie's was just so straightforward and cut the fluff out. Plus, the resume aspect was a great addition. I'm happy to say I interviewed for a pretty important listing for a local music producer and got the listing over three other agents, including their normal go-to agent and another that was a friend. Thank you, Katie. Y'all, this course truly is for brand new or veteran agents. If you are feeling overwhelmed, then this is gonna help you get your time back. If you're feeling confused about where to start or low in confidence, this is really gonna help you get everything set up for success in your business. If you wanna learn more about what we cover, just head over to agentsystems101.com. Make sure you jump on the wait list so you'll know as soon as the doors are open. Would love to have you. Hi, Chelsea. Hi. Thanks for having me back. Alyssa's here too. <laughs> Say hi, Alyssa. Hey, guys. Oh, you weren't here last time. Not for baggy one. The group's back together again. Mm-hmm. This is episode number 123. And I think we're going to call it social media updates for 2022. Okay. Perfect. That'd be good. Okay. Welcome, Chelsea. Tell the people, in case they didn't listen to episode 12 or 91, tell us who you are, um, what you do why you're here. I am Chelsea Peterson. I have a membership for modern real estate agents called Modern Agent Social Club. And my bread and butter is in combining strategy with social media, with creativity so that you can stand out, be yourself online and attract the right fit for you clients effortlessly, eventually. (laughs) And I love all things social media and being creative and creative ideas and hustle humbly. So this is the perfect storm. <laughs> I love it. You're, you're our only repeat guest. Mm-hmm. I mean, Carl was on two, but his was like a two-parter. Yeah. You yep. are our, our, you're our top repeated guest. You have all the best advice 
and you were an agent and now you teach agents. So you have all of the, the right background. So your advice is always super um, helpful and specific to the industry. Mm-hmm. I love it. And I forgot to mention that I sold real estate for eight years, but one little tip before we dive into any other tips overall, the strategy has not changed much despite all of the social media changes in the last, since 2013, the That's bottom line. Yeah. So it stays pretty consistent with what you should be doing. It's mm-hmm. just the content that changes really. Right. Okay. Well, so let's start there. Tell us what's, what's different, like what's new and, and what's working. I feel like things are so different. Do you? Okay. So Alyssa, we've been, this comes up in the first time we talk. <laughs> I'm here to be the um, uneducated. You're the voice. Beginner. You're the voice, I'm the voice of, of the beginners that just, yes, you have, I'm not up to date. You have discomfort with social media. Yeah. I think yeah. you do a good job, but you're not, it's not like natural for you. No, no, no. Okay. <laughs> But I feel like just recently, even since we last talked to Chelsea, Reels, TikTok, like there's been a lot of new things at one time. Okay. All right. Well, let's hear what Chelsea says. Instagram has made probably the most changes this past year than I don't even know the last time. But I think what's happening is it's becoming so overwhelming for people because they're, it's like every week, it's like another thing, another thing. Now you have to be on reels. Now you have to do, should I be on TikTok? Like, where should I be? And now you can't do everything. Even if your full-time job is to be on social media, you cannot do it all. And I think it's just making people kind of jump all over the place, shiny object syndrome almost, because you want to be doing the thing that you feel like is going to move the needle, but is it really, if you're doing a million things? So I think consumer behavior and user behavior of yourself is something to really look at because if you like consuming something a certain way, chances are the people you're going to connect with will also like consuming it that way. So rather than think I have to do 10 reels a week and, you know, do shift my whole strategy to reels. Are you watching reels? Are you consuming reels? How is that moving the needle for you or how are you learning through them? Or, you know, what is the underlying intention or purpose of that thing before you dive headfirst into like, I need to do this full force. All right. I have a question. That's great advice. It's really good advice. Do you feel like realtors just as a whole, because we are shiny objects focused a bit or, or, or lose our focus because of that. Do you feel like they abandon their whole plan and then start with a new plan? And so they're not giving enough time to work. I think some people do. And the other thing with that is because reels, it was a great way to grow when they first rolled out in 2020, because when you're an early adopter, you're going to see those early rewards of the expansion. However, if you're not intentional about them, you're all of a sudden expanding to this audience that maybe has nothing to do with your local community or anyone who can actually refer you business or buy and sell real estate with you. So it's being, if you're going to do them, I think there's great opportunity for growth, but how can you make it specific to where you live or connecting with people who actually live there um, and not lose sight of the rest of your strategy? Like I see people, I think if you're going to create reels, that's great, but how can you do it intentionally? Not just create to create. Mm -hmm. And I say that about everything. Like what is the strategy behind it? Who are you trying to connect with or reach? Um, If you're just doing them to do them and you have you know, you go to your reels tab and one, there's a reel of you doing, um, a funny thing that is more relatable to other real estate agents. And then you have a tip for buyers. And then all of a sudden you're doing like a, 
a voiceover one of Kim Kardashian, like, are you really doing anything to move the needle? I guess that is the bottom question with everything in social. Okay. So do you have any like maybe tidbits or tips on how to use a a reel that would be intentional? I think the best way to do it, because I hear this complaint a lot is I have tons of views, but they're not people who can actually buy or sell a house. If you can be local focused, so whether it's like a quick market update and you talk about the city, you say your city name, or you highlight a local business or a local subdivision or a local park, or you do a reel of like your five favorite local coffee shops and you're staying hyper local with your hashtags, with your tagging, with just the words you're using, like the algorithm is pretty smart that they will latch on to if you're in Milwaukee and you keep tagging Milwaukee businesses and talking about Milwaukee, they're not going to, they're probably not going to show you as much to like all of Instagram as they would if you were just doing very, very broad topics or topics that appeal to other agents more so. Mm-hmm. What, what about the agents who are not comfortable being on camera still like in a reel there? I mean, are there some that perform well and can get that done without you being face to camera? Yeah. I, if you're not comfortable being face to camera, I don't know that I would start with a reel because I think it's going to paralyze you. I think I would start with, you know, getting comfortable on your stories. They only last for 24 hours. You can practice talking. You can, you can flip the camera around. Like my favorite way to get comfortable on video in general. And I wouldn't be like, let's go live. Let's do a reel where I'm dancing, like skip the hat, but just flip your camera around and show like one of your processes, like what's in your buyer folder, or I'm going to write on this whiteboard and show you the difference between what your interest rate, what the, an increase in 1% of an interest rate will look like for your mortgage payment, or how can you like walk through your neighborhood and kind of maybe highlight, like it's your listing and you're going to highlight there's this neighborhood park. And you're just kind of walking, talking with the camera flipped around. You could do a lot with reels that way. If let's say you're kind of doing a tour of your local downtown community and you wanted to walk into the coffee shop, grab a coffee, and then you're going to walk into the boutique and kind of scan what's in there and you're highlighting local businesses. That's a really good starting point and also ties back into that hyper-local focus versus everywhere in the country focus. Mm-hmm. Okay. That makes sense. Um, okay. While you're on reels and getting followers from anywhere and just looking at the numbers, I, what do you th- tell us about the numbers and where people get derailed by not getting enough followers or like, what, what are your, what are the metrics that count when you're on your social media and where should you be focused? So there's a popularity focus, which would be obviously your likes, your comments, your what have you, but really, again, what is your purpose? If you want to convert followers into clients or referrals, and you want to grow your business with social media, it has to be beyond just the engagement or the comments or the likes. It has to be in the conversion. So looking at your analytics, if you click on your insights on Instagram, going beyond the how many um, people commented on this or liked it, look at how many people visited your profile from this post, which means you reached someone, they were interested, they wanted to see more. So now they're looking at your profile. That's one thing to look at. Another one is the percent of accounts that weren't following you, I think is a good one. If you're doing a lot of local content, you should likely be reaching people in your community that aren't already following you. If you're tagging other businesses and engaging. Um, So looking at that percentage, I think a great percentage. If you're trying to reach more people and expand your audience, you want that number to be higher. And that's something people a lot of times skip over. They're looking at just, well, this one didn't get any likes. No one cared. Sometimes the ones that get 
very low likes and engagement are the most needle moving because they're the ones that cause someone to take action, to visit your profile, to click the link in your bio, to send you a DM, but that doesn't mean they like it necessarily. So in a sense, like my top performing post, I checked this before I came on here was a picture of a wine glass with iced coffee in it. And I talked about how to have a good week. And it had nothing to do with anything in my business, but it was one of my top performing posts of 2021. So I thought to myself, well, that doesn't mean I'm going to post iced coffee in a wine glass every day right. so I can get, so I can get lots of likes. Like that's great. And it's good from a relatability standpoint. Like, Oh, someone thought it was cute or a good idea. And now they, they did it and they tagged me and kind of like relationship building just relatability. But when it comes to like the bottom line, is that going to convert someone into a client? Not necessarily. They might get to know you and that's why those posts are important. But at the same time, having a post that talks about how someone can work with you or paints a picture of your experience, like do you do a pizza delivery to your new buyers and putting that in a reel or putting that in a post that causes someone to almost have FOMO and want to, hey, what else does she do? I want to go you know, dig through her feed. We are looking to buy a house next year. So I want to see like what else it's like to work with her. Like having that, like paint the picture of the experience through your content. And that can be super needle moving, but also entertaining. I like the analogy that you teach of the restaurant. And if you go to their feed and all you see are pictures of zoomed in food and you don't know what the atmosphere is like at the restaurant, you don't really know if you want to eat there because all you know is what the food is, but it's sort of like a realtor's feed would be all just listed and just sold banners and houses but you're like, I don't know anything about you, what it's like to work with you. It, it, it wasn't like, and if people are using, I feel like some realtors now are using their, their feed, their Instagram, like their website. Like if they mm -hmm. went there to learn more about you, well, there wasn't anything to learn. Like it didn't have an about you section. There was nothing there about you. Your face was never there. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like having a generic brokerage issued website that you're trying to drive traffic to, but when they get there, what is there to do? They don't learn anything about you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. One of the things we talked about in, in my notes was what about the common complaint that only realtors like my stuff? When we're talking about zooming in on the actual audience you want, that's going to be a client, someone that you might work with. Um, what do you do? Like, instead of posting for other agents, what are posts that are for the public as opposed that what are posts for other agents are going to come and like your post? Okay. I'm going to use a friend's example. <laughs> Great. If you were here at one of the other episodes, you probably heard that I liked friends, but so you have to think about your target client. So like, and not every client is going to be the same, but let's say you work with a lot of moms or you work with a lot of move up buyers that have young children. And that doesn't mean it's going to be the same case for every single client, but just think of the majority. Who are you trying to connect with? Stay in front of, if you can think a little bit more specifically versus anyone and everyone, it's going to stick a lot more on social. So instead of posting, you know, a funny a funny reel that other agents think is funny and will have no like connection to the general public. Think of, let's say your ideal client was Rachel Green. What would she want to see to do with real estate? She'd probably want to see like the walk-in closet. Where can I put all my clothes? Um, I don't know, like stuff like that. Whereas if it was Joey Tribbiani, he's going to want to see stuff like the local sandwich shop and where's my recliner going to go. So like, think of your target client and it's probably not as specific as Rachel versus Joey, but just breaking it down to be that simple to think about how can I highlight more things that that person would like? So if it's a mom with young kids, maybe it's going to be like the most kid-friendly spot in my listing and why the kids will love this 
loft space or like bringing that into your social media more so than the thing that's going to relate to the real estate agent. So who are you posting for? Do you think this gets easier if you have a niche? Like some people don't have a niche. They're just talking to every location, every type of buyer seller. Like if you get a niche, can't your, won't it help with the message? A hundred percent. It will be so much easier. And I feel like, yeah, I think sometimes people put like so much pressure on choosing a niche that they think they shouldn't really do anything else. Whereas for example, I feel like even this last year I'm transitioning because when I started real estate, I was 21. I looked like I was 16. I was working with like the youngest first time home buyers. And so I was really always putting it out there. Like if you're a first time home buyer, I would love to help you 11 years later. It's not where I want to focus. It's not, I mean, it's some of the hardest business. It takes a lot of training, education, coaching, the transactions take longer. Um, And I'm at a point now where I'm having so many repeats that helping people with their second or third home is more where I want to be. Um, So I have caught myself trying not to overly broadcast. If you're a first time home buyer, call me because that's not necessarily what I'm looking for right now. You know, I think it is natural to have that transition and you might even have it again in another 10 years, it could change slightly again. So I feel like what is the biggest thing with, if you pick or speak to a niche is to know that you can change it. It isn't like black and white set in stone forever and ever and ever. It's, it's going to shift as things go. And what's so cool about social media is you can use that platform as your place to kind of pivot that message to go from, yeah, you were the first time home buyer expert, but now your life has changed. You've grown up, you have the kids, those people had kids. And now it's kind of shifting into that next season of life. Mm-hmm. And it can be using social media. You And it, it can be something that's done slowly over time. It doesn't have to be like today, I help first time home buyers and tomorrow I'm changing my mind and I'm going to announce it to everyone. It just happens naturally and gradually, you yeah, know, don't, don't make yeah. it, a, don't make an announcement, <laughs> just like e- ease it in there. Just ease it in there. Yeah. Um, okay. That kind of brings me to a question. Like, let's say, let's say you're not using social media at all right now. Let's say you're new. A lot of our listeners are brand, brand new. They're, they're just getting their license or they've just gotten their license. What, like, how long do you feel like you have to give it an honest effort and and really work with your strategy before it's going to make some sort of traction? And what are the things that are happening with your social media that maybe you don't realize it's not just likes and the comments, but what, what are you building with your, like, what's the point to, for a new agent or someone who maybe is transitioning their niche or change? Like what, how long does that take that, that, you know, how much time would you say you got to put into it before you really see some traction? I always say you're going to get what you put, you're going to get out what you put in. So the more you're, especially as a new agent and all you have is time, let that be the time that you spend now in that beginning to build that foundational platform where you're getting to know people, you're having conversations, you're engaging a lot and spending time. But I would say in as little as three months, you could see some traction. It's going to take a little bit longer than that to have people naturally coming to you for real estate or naturally referring their friends. It takes quite a while to build up. Like think if you put a billboard on the highway, how long would it take for someone to actually call that billboard? maybe forever. Never. I was going to say never, yeah. Yeah. never, never, but at least with social media, you have that personal approach where you're part of it. So it doesn't take, it's not going to be as long of a process like a billboard would be, but you're kind of almost planting mini billboards and how you're showing up, but in a non-salesy way. 
But I think if you can focus more on just showing up as the friend and not as the real estate agent, so how can you provide value? Whether that's highlighting local places or sharing like things in your community to do in local events and just being the resource, not the sales pitch, it's going to happen a lot more easily and naturally. Whereas if I think people want, they're like, okay, I got my license. I need clients. I'm going to post, who do you know looking to buy or sell? Because I need someone to latch Over on. and over again. They just keep doing it over and, and over I think again. the public sees that so much that it's almost like, oh, here's another one. But time will tell if they're going to make it. Mm-hmm. I kind of feel like the public is like, okay, well, I'm going to watch this person and see how long they're actually. And then if a year later, you're still posting about real estate and things that you're doing, Mm -hmm. then you have credibility. But even after, you know, three months or two months, it's like, well, you're still like in the trial period of, are you going to make it? I mean, but I think that that period takes longer. Oh yeah. Well, if you don't post, like if you only post once and then next month you post once, then then you stretch out the amount of time that to look credible. Right. Right. If you posted every single day here, I'm at this agent tour and here's the picture. I went on a, you know, mock closing with my, you mm-hmm. know, broker, or I went to, or I just attended an inspection. This is why you should be shadowing someone. Yeah. If you mm-hmm. have social media content every single day for a month, you're going to look credible real fast as opposed mm-hmm. to waiting until your actual first inspection. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's a common complaint is like, I don't have any business yet, but you don't need the business to document what you're doing. There's plenty of things to do. And when I started, I was super young, like Alyssa, I looked like I was 16. I was like, my family and friends aren't going to trust me to buy their house or sell their house with me yet. So like you have to build up that credibility somehow. And if you're not doing, if you're not doing anything besides saying, who do you know, looking to buy or sell, why would anyone ever trust you or how social media can be the place to build up that credibility. And in different ways, just like documenting your career. I always say like your, your career is content, just document it. Yeah. That's what Gary V says too. He's like, also document the journey. Maybe you're at the beginning and you're like, I don't know how to do a headshot and I've got to do one today. And this is what's going to happen and how I'm picking my outfit or I never made a business card before. And I've got to pick between rounded edges and, and square edge. Like it's all, it's all able to be documented. And then it becomes interesting. Like people are invested in your career. Like, wait, <laughs> oh, she just picked that. And now she's doing this. And oh, look, she picked an office and, you know, but people hide all that stuff because they're afraid it makes them look inexperienced, but everyone already knows you're inexperienced. So you might as well be like, here's what I'm doing. Like, this mm-hmm. is what I'm trying to do. I think it would be super funny and entertaining too, to be like, yeah, I'm getting my picture taken today. I feel like I don't know what to do. Should I like wear a blazer? Should I not wear a, like, what should I, I don't know. I think it'd be like a funny journey to be on. And like you were saying, the more you're going to just document and post and share the, the faster it's going to be like, Oh, she's been doing this for a long time. Yeah. It could be three months and it could feel like a year to someone because you're showing up so much. Right. Yeah. Right. Just like when you have a baby and all of a sudden all the pictures in your social media are of the baby and the baby. And they're like, boy, she's had that baby forever. Yeah. <laughs> and it's only like a four month old baby. <laughs> yeah. That baby is all we ever see. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. So do you have some, do you want to walk us through some like specific strategy type stuff? I know um, you guys do in modern agent social club, like a 12 days of Christmas, this will air. Mm-hmm. You won't have 12 days till Christmas. Well, okay, it, close. It, it aired, it airs on the 13th. So tell yeah, us tell exactly us 12 days. Perfect. 12 days. You could start today, but tell, like, tell the people even between now and Christmas, what are some really good like posts that they can start to make that will give them some traction? 
So one thing I really like to do from a strategy perspective is series style content where like if you're binge watching a Netflix show and you want to see the next episode and you can't wait for the next season and blah, 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 create your content as a series format that people can follow along with. So 12 days of Christmas in this, this month right now at Modern Agent Social Club, we're having the members follow. They can put their own spin on it. It doesn't need to be 12. You could do five. You could do it tomorrow or the, today when you're hearing this, you could start today, pick five local businesses, call it five days of Christmas in your city name and highlight five businesses to get last minute gifts at. Maybe it's the restaurant that you love and you can get a gift card for your favorite foodie lover, or it could be like the pet store to get your furry friends, their Christmas gifts, and just do a quick, like last minute shoppers. Here's your gift ideas. And now you're highlighting local. You're getting in front of those local businesses, audiences. A lot of times people will say, I don't want to just connect with other businesses, but they forget that there's a human behind that business too, who know a lot of other humans who live and buy and sell real estate where you live. So there's so much power in that. And it's not like posting one day is going to get you three clients, but it's the relationships that you're building, the connections you're making, the eyeballs that are getting on your account because of what you're doing and you're giving back to your local community. So take five days, the 13th through the 18th and share places to get Christmas presents and tell your audience, Hey, I'm doing five days of Christmas gifts in our city and just keep it repeatable where someone can come back every day and see where, who's she going to feature next. Um, another one that I love to do is just like a reflection back on the current year at the end of the year. So what was your biggest lesson learned in real estate? Like this is a great one to show maybe you did start real estate this year, but you have come a long way in those 10, 11, however many months it's been and show that difference. Like how much, you know, pull a piece of wisdom out that you've learned this year and how it, how real estate has taught you about fill in the blank or relate. Like I love also relating anything holiday back to like your business or a strategy or something like that. So what home alone taught me about buying a house, you know, just like make it fun or elf, what buddy, the elf taught me about homeownership and like, just make your content lighter and fun. People are having fun with their families right now, they don't really want to read about home maintenance tasks and (laughs) I totally checked out from that. I will like refuse to do anything besides watch Christmas movies or listen to Christmas music. So make your content fun, have fun with it and support local and think of just don't overthink it. Like try to try to just have fun with it. Okay. I like that. Mm-hmm. All right. What about, so I, Instagram feels like to me, the one that changes the most often. Is that just because it's where we're at? Because I don't feel like Facebook was always changed. I guess it was like adding stories or adding this feature, mm-hmm. adding groups or whatever, but it feels like Instagram, every time you turn around, they change. And I don't know if our listeners will even have realized this. You can put a link now in your stories, even if you don't have 10,000 followers. So if you know anything about social media or Instagram, you used to need 10,000 followers to put a link in your story. Now you can put in a link in your story. And I want you to tell us how we could best be using that feature. Okay. So it's like the swipe up. It was a swipe up and now it's a link, but anyone can use it. And I think too, I, before that happened, everyone would always say, I wish I could just get the swipe up. I wish I could just get the swipe up. So first I want to ask you, if you're listening, why did you want it? Think about that. What did you want to swipe up to? But two, you can use it in some pretty creative ways. If you have a resource that you could share that would be beneficial to a future buyer or a future seller, or maybe just a homeowner, like a home homeowner's guide for what to do each month of the year. And you have a landing page where they can fill out their name and email address in exchange for that thing. 
that can help you build your database. So if you don't really have a lot of people in your database to stay in front of in their inbox or just another place to connect beyond Instagram, that's a great, I guess, like micro funnel in a way to take someone from follower to now email list and you can serve them in your inbox. Instagram's a busy place. Everyone is hanging out there. They are always changing things. So it's like, how can I, if they're not seeing my posts because a small percentage of your followers do, how can I also show up in their inbox and provide value to? And I don't mean a generic cheesy newsletter, but how could you maybe just send a personal email once a month, letting them know what's happening in your community? What events are there? Um, what are you doing? Like, like the human side come through in your email, like let them know what your Christmas plans are and ask them what theirs are. Like, so then they're not, you know, auto deleting every newsletter in their inbox. They actually think it's from, it is from like a friend and someone who's sending them an actual email. So something along those lines, um, we did in the membership, we did a holiday local guide. So just local events in the holiday season. Um, it had some like little templates to put like where to shop for gifts locally. So something like that would be great just to connect with people and provide value in that non-real estate way, but get someone coming back day after day to your account, opening your emails in their inbox. Um, I also love like, who doesn't love a really good recommendation for anything? I want to know like, what's your podcast recommendation? What's your book recommendation for January? What is your favorite home fill in the blank product? So using that link sticker to even link to, let's say you are I don't know, you're staging a house and you have some really cool like props and you're like, here's a link to what I use to stage my house. Or it could be anything, just my favorite coffee machine. And it's kind of like the whole, like think of Instagram and the whole influencer part of Instagram. It is so built for that to be able to share your favorite, everything that you can do it as an agent. You could do monthly home favorites and link them with your link sticker to a blog or something like that. Yeah. I have a question for Alyssa. I'm still here, guys. She's here. I'm just, uh, <laughs> she's just I'm, taking it I'm all participating in. as a student. She's today. taking it all in. Okay. <laughs> Alyssa, you post every month about your book club. I love seeing the post. You share what book you read. You do a little review. Then you have all the pictures of the dinner y'all do and why you pick the food and the whole deal. Yeah. Do I you, do that? You do do that. Yeah. Do, do you ever get DMS or questions or comments asking you for book recommendations all the time? And I have been notified that there's been like at least four people that have told me they have started book clubs where they are because, because, of, because, oh, cool. of, your book, because of book club. Yeah. So, I mean, like that has nothing to do with real estate, it doesn't. but it keeps your people engaged with you and like interested. Like, Oh, what's the book club going to be? What's the book this month? I actually was talking to someone on the phone this week and she was like, where are you going? I said, Oh, I'm actually on my way to book club. She said, Oh, I can't wait to see your post. Right. If you don't post, there's going to be trouble. <laughs> I was like, oh, good. I'll be sure to do that. <laughs> I can't wait to see your book club post too. Cause I love book club. <laughs> I know it's so fun. It's, just, it's see, like, easy to me. Cause it's just like, like you said, it's just, it's just part of my life. That's it's, what you're doing. I'm not having to like be creative. It just mm-hmm. is something that is there. Well, right. That's the same thing. Everyone is living a life mm-hmm. outside right. of real estate and inside of real estate. There's no reason why you can't document that every Wednesday I go to soccer practice and have, you know, Sonic, whatever drink. And like, yeah, here I am again. And here's what's going, here's a video of soccer practice. Like it's people want to feel like they know you and they can't know you if all you are, are like a just listed post or yeah. like just like, it, they don't know who you well, are. To be honest, before I like follow anybody new, I go to their page and if it's just 
just listed, just listed, just sold. Just, I'm like, I, I don't need that. I don't want, <laughs> I don't need this in my life. Right. I don't get to see like, Oh, you're my friend. I was hoping to see your dog or like your kids or your face, but it's just, I don't want to follow it. If it's just generic, you know? Yeah. Where do you think agents go wrong, Chelsea, when they do their social media? Well, definitely that, but I always say if you're doing local posts and you're creating local content or whatever it is that you're doing that from a more strategic perspective, what are that, what will that person see when they come back to your account? So like, let's say you just spent 20 minutes finding new accounts to connect with. And then there, then you say, no one even followed me back. Well, look at your account and ask yourself, why is it because you have just listed, just sold, just listed, or can they see who you are? Like my thing would be, do they have a story where I can actually see something about their life and what they're doing? Is their face in the first six squares? So I can like, do they have a, do they have kids? Do they, I don't know. Do they love McDonald's? Just like, what is something I can tell from looking at their feed that'll instantly make them feel relatable and human, not a business. Cause the last thing you want is if someone follows you and you go to their account and it looks like it's like they're selling, 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 you're not going to hit follow. Cause then you're going to think, you know, the second you hit follow, they're going to pop in your inbox and say, Hey, I just wanted to introduce myself. If you know, anyone thinking about buying or selling in this area, let me know. And if we can approach it in like a relationship way, like we're at a party, I always say like, if your Instagram is like a cocktail party, it's not meant to be, it's called a social network for a reason. It's not meant to be a place to post sales stuff. It's meant to be a place to connect and be like, think of your favorite influencers. Why do you follow them? Like, why do you intentionally go to their account every day to see what their stories are, or what they're posting? Chances are, they're not like this sweatshirt is on sale for $24.99 or, <laughs> you know, they're, they're showing it even from the sense of like a fashion blogger or influencer. Think of it in that term, they're putting the outfit on and they're showing you three ways you can wear it. And they're, they're giving you some context. They're not just saying buy this outfit and I'm going to, you know, remove the background from all the pieces and paste it in my feed. Like they're giving you the idea of it would look good with these boots. So like as an agent, how can you make real estate more of an experience? Like it should be an experience, not a sales pitch. Hmm. Hey, Lissa. Hey, Katie. Guess what? What? We have updated the email templates. Finally. Whoa. <laughs> Hallelujah. They are updated and there are more of them. Yes. We have 10 buyer templates, right? 15 seller templates, mm -hmm. as well as a checklist for when to send all the emails at what point in the transaction. Yes. So you don't have to guess when they go. It's very specific. <laughs> this happens now. Then you send this email. So this is what they need to know. This is what they need to know right now. Also, there are six attachments that go along with some of the seller side. So like move out checklist and showing prep or all that stuff. So there's all the information you will ever need to tell your clients in one of these templates. Yes. And if you still aren't sure, you can go back and listen to episode 31, where we talk about the importance of the templates and why we use them. Like, what are we even doing? So we hope that they help you because they have helped us so much. Immensely. And we have gotten so many wonderful reviews about how they have helped others. And so now they are up to date and ready for you. Yeah. And you can go read reviews and all the information at email templates 101. Com. Lovely. How easy is that? Great. Okay, y'all enjoy. Bye. What about um, like resharing or reposting from other, like if somebody like shares a kitchen that you love, like what's the etiquette? Like, can, do you overshare? I, I never really know what's the right thing to do there. I think it's good to share other people's content. If it's something you like that you want other people to see, like mm -hmm. I even like 
people used to do this back in the day and I still love it. But like, again, with like the recommendations, like five accounts, I love following on Instagram and here's why. And you share Mm -hmm. a post from each of their accounts and one's maybe an interior designer and you're like, she has the best white kitchens. And the next one maybe would be um, like a local artist or something. And you, you kind of give that reason as to why to follow them. Mm -hmm. I think that's more of the strategic perspective than like, I mean, once in a while you share a meme or a funny quote or something like that. I think that can just be sporadically done when you see something inspiring, but you could do it too, where you want to be more strategic with it. And, and again, it comes back to providing value. You're sharing that stuff to your story to help other people find cool accounts to follow or get inspiration for their decor. So like, let's say you help, you help a ton of first time home buyers, like back when you were 21 year old, Alyssa, and you, they, a lot of times maybe are buying houses where they want to put some sweat equity into it, or they want to update something or it's their first house. So you could be sharing like a weekly, um, like decor inspiration or a before and after or something like that, that you search for on Instagram and you just share it to your stories. Or you could reach out to your past clients and ask them for a before and after. And they would be like, what would you like to be featured on my Instagram as a before and after you bought this oh, house? That's a great idea. You bought this house five years ago. I know you were going to put some work into it. Have you changed anything? I would love to share mm-hmm. a before and after of your house. Talk about a great way to reach out to your database that and also good. get some content. And they're going to be like, I'm famous. I did that with a client only once on Instagram. And it was like one of my most popular, like again, popular, but she shared it when I shared it, my, my buyer. And then I had like 10 of her friends follow me. And I remember the heading was like straight out of West Elm because it looked like what, it was such a cute flip. It looked so adorable. So then I was like, this is my client's house. And I did the before picture. It was, that's such a great idea. I forgot about that. That's a really good idea. I feel like that was a good one. And interactive Mm -hmm. too. Yeah. yeah. Then it gives you a reason to reach out. You could even do that in like your email newsletter. Yeah. There's so many, yes. There's so many ways. Like we're just, we're all, especially if you feel like you're I don't have anything interesting in my life. I don't know how to make content or I don't like it. That's all mindset, 100% all mindset. I remember the moment I said, I'm going to go from having this business account that I posted nothing on from 2016 to 2018. And I said, on January 1st of 2018, it was like a resolution. I'm going to start doing, we didn't have stories. I don't think quite yet then, Mm -hmm. but I was posting what I do in my stories now in my feed. It was like day in the Mm -hmm. life. This is what I saw today. This is what I did today here. And I was trying to post like every single day and it changed. It didn't make me have a million more followers. It didn't make me like sell a million more houses, but it changed my mindset to see what content truly is because there were always likes or comments and people always Mm -hmm. saw me in real life and said, oh, I saw your post with that squirrel in the yard, blah, blah, blah. Like, oh, you're and I did like, I didn't even know you were looking at that. But yeah, that is a mindset shift that we all have to make because that's producing it's marketing. It's producing content. It's not the same as selling real estate. They are two different things. So I think that's a good question too, as far as different accounts. Um, Cause you have two accounts, you have your Chelsea Peterson and then you have mask, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have what two. But thoughts not on, you what? <laughs> it's not usually my advice. And so for a real, from a real estate perspective, I think what happens is if you have two and you have your personal and you're like, oh, I post my kids here and my life and my book club and blah, 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 blah. But then I did my, I'll do my business one. I feel like it, it separates you into thinking it like almost forces the business account to be super businessy, which isn't going to going to be relatable or like engaging or follow worthy to 
people and you like, you want people to think about you and your business and be top of mind. So why separate them? If you can merge the two and like you put your book club posts on your real estate account, why not? Like it's showing the human side or you put your dog Murphy in your real estate account. It's showing the human side and something for someone to remember you by beyond real estate. So when you have to, it's so much work to keep up with them. My reason for two is slightly different because the membership in and of itself is such its own brand. And I have other plans for my my Chelsea account for the future. So that's why I have two. But as an agent, I 100% would do one because it just, it, it forces you to combine your life with real estate versus the reverse. So. Interesting. (laughs) It is. That is my top asked question. Probably three years in a row. Should I have one or two accounts? My, my Facebook business page, I do post on it regularly. Nothing entertaining, strictly just like new listings and stuff for the sake of it being there. But it gets like, I don't, people don't see that. I mean, no. it's no. very interesting. You're more likely to have some views on a business Instagram than a business Facebook <laughs> page. I mean, like Facebook pages are not. Yeah, they're not, you almost have to it's pay almost for like that. It's not get, really a thing anymore. I think you do have to pay. I think you much. have to pay to get that scene. I think too, the Facebook business page is kind of like your storefront, like your virtual storefront, because you can link yeah. it in your personal account. So let's say your mom's friend, they know you sell real estate. They want to reach out to you. So they, they find your personal account. They find your link to your business account, jump over there. They find mm-hmm. a way to contact you, you know, almost like I'm going to drive by. It has to be there, has to look good. But from a strategic perspective, unless you're running ads or maybe have like a really good video strategy, just posting there isn't going to really get to a whole lot of people. Mm-hmm. However, the other day I posted a more vulnerable post on my business page, not intentionally, but it linked from my Instagram. I just have it linked right now. And it had like really, really high reach compared to anything else that's usually on there. Cause I don't put a lot of effort into my Facebook business page. So people are somehow seeing this. Yeah. Right. They are seeing it. It's just, I think it becomes so monotonous that it's a business page and it's businessy and Facebook ranks it so low. So you're not typically going to get in front of a lot of people, but right. Okay. Here's another strategy you mentioned in, in our pre-talks, the add your sticker. So, okay. I know you mentioned stories and I've mentioned stories, but explain to the beginner novice what a story is. And and this is one of the ways that you can use your story. And what's the point? Okay. So your stories are more of your quick in the moment, raw, real behind the scenes way to show here's what I'm up to today. Here's what's going on behind the scenes of my showing the show I'm watching on Netflix and it's there for 24 hours and disappears. So within the story, there's lots of strategies and stickers and things you can do to have more conversations or to um, just get some engagement, to share inspiration, things like that. So the add your sticker is new as of pretty recently, and it allows you to put a sticker somewhere. Like, let's say I'm going to do add your morning routine and I take a picture of my yoga mat and whatever. And then when I share that to my story, that add your sticker is clickable. So you can click the sticker and take a picture of your morning routine and share it. And it kind of becomes this sticker that just keeps going, going, going to all these people. But then when you go back to your own sticker and tap on it in your story, it will show you everyone who 
also followed your, your prompt. It's almost oh, like a, it's pretty prompt. fun. I've it's seen fun. some of them that are I've like seen some and I didn't really know what they were. I've seen some that are like 600,000. I'm like, what about the originator of that? Like what happens when they tap? See, I think this is where I, th- like, I, th- I like it. I think it's fun. I-, I think it'd be fun to do like share your favorite room in your house or something like that. Like, and then you could see all your followers, favorite rooms, and then maybe connect with like a past client and be like, Oh my gosh, I love what you did with your room, blah, blah, blah. But when it gets super big, I don't really, I don't know where that intention and purpose is going. Cause it's not like anyone's ever coming back to the originator. You know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. I've seen some where it was like, post your, your location and your um, name where you sell real estate. And I'm like, well, I have no idea who the originator is of that or where it came from or hmm, what the intent is other than that. It creates a prompt that everyone can kind of follow on Instagram. And I are seeing this like viral prompt essentially. Right. But I don't think it's necessarily doing anything for the originator. Right. Themselves, Mm -hmm. but yeah. So I don't know if that will be something that lasts or not, but I think it's kind of fun right now. just as like a little set like side engagement thing. Yeah. I sometimes forget to use like the polls or the questions or the stickers that actually get people to do something. I'll just, instead of I post a picture of the dog and I should have been like, what's your dog doing today? Or where does your dog sleep? Or like, Mm -hmm. I forget to like connect that dot. And I think that it, it's funny, the conversations that I do get to have when I remember to do that. And then people are like, Oh, you know, what's your favorite Christmas movie or what's your favorite Christmas song. And then all of a sudden people are talking to you and you're able to talk back to them. Whereas when you just posted my favorite Christmas song is this and Mm -hmm. and that's it. Like they're like, okay. Yeah. Right. Okay. But to show it's sharing like that personal stuff. So one of our members, when she first joined, she had strictly been posting like just real estate content and tips and advice and stuff like that. And I had shared in this live video that we did to just today share something that you're doing that has nothing to do with real estate, like in your stories, doesn't have to be a post. And so she shared that she was watching the bachelor and did a poll sticker and said like, what do you think of the current bachelor? Blah, 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 something like that. And she was like, I had 10 conversations with people that I didn't even realize followed me that I didn't even realize consumed my content just because I put something else out there. So I think Mm -hmm. the piece people sometimes forget it's no, that doesn't have anything to do with real estate, but it humanizes you and your brand. It makes people care about your business because they care about you. And it also keeps you top of mind. So it's not just for these like one-off random person found me on Instagram and asked me to buy or sell their house. That will happen a lot less frequently than, oh, I thought of you because I see you all the time on social media. So having those personal pieces weaved in helps them keep you top of mind instead of alienate you. Cause they're like, okay, I'm sick of hearing about real estate. I don't want to hear your tips anymore. I think that's more my, where I'm at with like my strategy, if you will, is that I just feel like I'm, I'm there to just show up. I'm, I'm not necessarily the best at like interacting or, but people see it and then they call when they're ready because they are just used to seeing my stuff or I like their stuff. I do like to like other people's stuff and (laughs) keep up with other people, um, like what they're doing and mm-hmm. with their families or their houses. Um, but yeah, I feel like that's kind of, that's kind of where I'm hanging out right now. I like that. You also said y'all, did, she said strategy with air quotes, <laughs> her strategy. I yes. think you have a strategy. I, you are like up, you are like way up here compared to most people and how they're using Instagram as an agent. I think your personality is there. You show your kids, you show like when you're having dinner at your grandma's or like mm-hmm. book club. Well, she or, knew about your dinner, at your grandma's. Yeah. 
like sure. you show stuff like that and it, it makes you more relatable. Like, it's not like I'm going to click on your story and all I'm going to see is a house like, or like a, right, a screenshot right. of it. Like I just sold, like, I know I'm going to see something in your life probably too. Um, but another good idea is if you have a lot of past clients or people that you for sure want to stay in front of on Instagram is add them to your close friends list. Because when you share when you share to your story, you can share just to anyone that's following you or to your close friend story. Mm. And I think if you had like, you could do fun little extra things with your close friends. Like you could do a Starbucks gift or Starbucks barcode to your close friends list and be like, get a copy on me while you're finishing your Christmas shopping. Or like that also, because you're going to be a green circle to the people that you add to that list, it's going to stand out way more in your I was going to say, would that help them? Like, maybe they're not seeing me just because of like the um, and algorithm. Yeah. That yeah. would that maybe help them come to my page more because I added them there. It's said that they do. I feel like when I post to my close friend's story, almost everyone, like if I have 230 people on my close friends, almost all of them will see my oh, story. Really? So there's not a limit to close friends. Like, not that I've reached, not that I know of. I don't think okay. so. Okay. So I could keep adding. And I've done some things before where I was like, do you want to be on my close friends list? you know, respond and I'll add you. Um, uh, that's good. Sometimes you're going through your whole follower list. You're like, okay, this is a lot. I don't know who to add or whatever, but you could definitely go in and intentionally add certain people. And then when you have a close friends list and that green circles up there, because all those people are now watching that story, cause they're seeing it. It just tells the algorithm, Oh, her story is getting a lot of engagement. So people who aren't her close friend should see her regular story. You know, like a non-close friend can't tell that you have a close story up, but it will just, it, overall help the algorithm be like, Hey, mm-hmm. go look at Alyssa. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Look at Alyssa. So how do you keep up with all the changes? Do you get like an email from Instagram? that's like, Hey, Chelsea today, we they are call adding... it on the phone. They're yeah. like, Chelsea, they're like, <laughs> making Chelsea, a change. The VIP from Instagram. We're starting this thing called reels. Like how do you, well, I went to know? college. I went to college with Adam Mosseri. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, don't, I do not know them, but I wish I did. Um, I follow the creator account on Instagram, which they will show like right now, they just posted um, something about they might be bringing the chronological feedback, which oh. is what you're seeing in order of mm-hmm. what's happening, which would be great. Um, I so I follow that creator account. <laughs> she got on her phone to go follow it. <laughs> no, it is. Just type in creator. Creator. Oh my gosh. Creator. Do you, 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 do you have notifications on for that account, Chelsea? How often do I, they post? Um, I do have notifications on, but I don't look at it every time or creators. There's an S at the end. There sure. I'll kind of check it like once a week. Alyssa, show YouTube. (laughs) (laughs) Creators. There we go. Yeah. And then another one. So Adam Oseri is like the head person of Instagram. He will share things like he, I think was the first to share when they were going to roll out the swipe up to everyone. And he also rolled out when he announced, like, we're not just a photo sharing app anymore, which that was kind of obvious. Like they haven't been a photo sharing app for quite a while with videos, stories, reels, et cetera. But um, so I follow people like that. And then not, I don't really get a ton of emails, like email wise stuff, but I think just being connected to a lot of other social media people, if they see something first, then I'll go dig into their source and find like where that came from or whatever. So I feel like I'm, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not intentionally doing it like every single day, but maybe once a week I'll look at a source. Well, and it's not changing 
that drastically mm-hmm. that often. I mean, they don't add a new feature every week. And I know people who aren't comfortable with social media probably feel like it's overwhelming and it's always changing sort of in the way that Alyssa felt like there was a lot. It's not mm-hmm. really that many changes that often, mm-hmm. but when there are changes, they're usually kind of big. They are. And that can make the algorithm too kind of wonky for a little bit. Like all of a sudden engagement drops because they made 10 big changes or something, but ultimately like to not be overwhelmed with all those things. Like I don't even do regular reels. Maybe if I did, I would grow however much, but who are those people going to be? Are they even going to be people that I want in my, in my bubble? Um, You don't do them because you just don't have like the natural desire that you don't want to like, what's your reason for not I don't love them. And from a creation perspective, they take me a lot of time. I don't think that you shouldn't not do them. I just feel like my bread and butter is in like, I don't know. I, I guess I'm wait. I should talk shorter. <laughs> you can only do 60 seconds. She can't cut herself down to that amount. Really of time. A struggle. Okay. It's just not the right platform for you because it's not comfortable for you to, to, to make it. Yeah. I think I want like I like to be very intentional with things. So if I'm going to do it, I want it to be something really consistent where it's like every Tuesday, I do a reel where I'm making my iced coffee in the wine glass and I'm giving a tip, but I just haven't necessarily like, well, that's a great one. Just do that. that. Oh, I love that. I know. Just do that. <laughs> and that's the way to bring back your wine glass, your coffee in the wine glass. Exactly. My over biggest... and over again. Great. Case closed. Chelsea's making reels. Um, I don't know. I feel like that's, I feel like it's, so our office just had our Christmas party sales meeting. And so we did a TikTok as an office and then we sent it to all the other offices and challenged them to do the same one. And then we're going to vote by the most likes. So last, at last week's sales meeting, they showed us which video we're recreating and our office secretary like broke down the little dance into like steps I mean, I had to work on that for like eight days. (laughs) Wednesday came and I was still, I got there early, 20 minutes early to do it like a few more times in the office. And then I was like, oh my gosh, this is, this takes a long time. And then as an office, we did it, you know, eight times before we recorded it. And then we got it and it still was uploaded sideways. And so it's just. It was a lot, but it made me think about people that do like daily TikToks. I'm like, you got to be really good at dancing or, you know, have the memory and well, it's the editing for me that I had to learn, like just what Mm -hmm. buttons to push and what they do. Yeah. That mm -hmm. it's not, it does not come natural to anyone. Just some people are more willing, I think, to stick it Mm -hmm. out and figure out what does this do? What does this do? Play with it. It's like, or go watch a freaking YouTube video. I know there's one that's like easy way to make a reel or how do you do a TikTok or like, how do you even use the functions of this app? It's hard to figure that stuff out. As a watcher, you're like, wow, that's so easy for them. Like they look so smooth, just (laughs) doing their thing. And then I'm over here trying to do it. They practiced it for eight days too. They might have. I mean, that's my thing is the time requirement. I'm more like of an off off the cuff creator. Like I have an idea, something was said during this conversation. I now want to go tell Instagram about it. I don't want to spend three days or eight days or 10 hours creating a dance along with it. I just want to tell them. So I'm very heavy, like in my stories and that authentic, just raw, real in the moment. And on like longer form, like posts, like I like to write. So part of me says, if 
if reels are going to take up all of your life, like it's going to take you eight hours a week to do a reel. I would say that's probably not a priority. That's not like a make it or break it unless you want to go viral. Like, I don't know, like a TikTok star, it's not going to make or break your, your business or your social media strategy. I think what to keep in mind though, would be like my idea from that would be shorter form video content is, Mm -hmm. is what people are craving. It's quick to consume. You can be like, binge it, swipe, swipe, swipe. So maybe you're doing a quick tip in your stories and you're talking for a shorter amount of time, or you do an IGTV that's only a minute long, or you do a reel that's just face to cam. Like some of my the reels that I've done got the same amount of reach. And it was me just saying three ways to get more local followers. Bam, done. Took me two minutes. If I did more of that style, I could do them a lot more consistently, but I feel like Instagram creates this pressure that you have to do the dance or you have to do the yeah. creative thing or you do the transformation. Well, I think I, when I think of real and I'm okay, I'm not, and I haven't watched many or anything, but it seems like it always is like uh, from one frame to something else, you know, like yeah. a, I compare it to like the vine. Remember vine? Vine. Okay. Yes. That's what I remember. To me, that is what it is. Okay. That's what like mm-hmm. the reels are. Like it, to me, I didn't think for a reel, if I just had something quick to say that I could get on there and say it. I mm. thought it had to be like, I'm going to tell you this in my living room. <laughs> and now <laughs> I'm in my kitchen. Yeah. Like, I feel like it has to. Cut. Cut. Snap yes. your fingers. Yes. I feel like it, it, it can't just be used as a short video. You had to be like dancing while you did it or changing <laughs> location youtube this is a solid episode she's doing hand motions there's dancing if you're not on youtube that's where this episode you may want to watch this live or it just seems video. like to me that's what i thought a real you know i mean i know that's it's supposed to be entertaining and eye-catching whenever they first came out tanner uh, my husband was like have you been seeing these short little videos on Instagram? And I said, yes, Sander, they're called reels. And he said, uh, yeah, I just spent like 30 minutes looking at it and didn't even realize it. I said, that's I what know. people do on TikTok. It's just the like, same. It's like watching. Oh, look at mm-hmm. all this. Yeah. What I always think about this though, like, I think you can reach people you normally wouldn't reach. Reels were kind of designed to reach a new audience. So yeah. if you're using social media, cause you want to stay top of mind with all the people who already know you real, they can do that for sure. Cause you're, it's just, you get more reach with a real, just the algorithm pushes it out more, whatever. So yes, overall you can have more reach, but it's how much time is it going to take you to do that? Is it worth it to do it? I think I would like to do more with it next year, but I don't also ever want to spend eight hours creating a real ever for as long as I live (laughs) ever. Do you know which ones I like? And I think are easier than you think they are or not you, but the general people, Mm -hmm. you, when you get one of those popular clips where you're talking, you've done them before, Chelsea, where you're talking over someone saying something and then you like put in the caption or in the, like the sticker, like the words, like the text, something real estate related. So it might be a funny thing that someone is saying from like a Disney movie or whatever. And then you put in there what buyers say when they find a big closet or whatever. Oh yeah. And then it's you talking over the funny clip with just the one phrase, like just the one real estate question or comment or thought, and that's it. And I think it's entertaining and it's fun and it's really not hard to do because it's not cutting. You don't have to cut. Okay. You just stand there, mouth the thing, done. Those are my favorite. You you remixed one of mine I did. about having butterflies. Yeah, that one was so funny. You could do that with real estate with a million things. With a million things. You just go find the trending, like when you're sitting there scrolling them and you hear a funny thing, you can hit the button that says save this audio and then it'll be in yours and you can go use it. 
Okay. That one's, that is simple. And there's some fun ones. There was like a Hamilton one where it was like, Hey, Hey, you know, where he says in the Hamilton song, I don't know. And it's like introducing yourself as the marketer and the social media expert and the listing agent and the, like all your roles that you have as an agent, like you do all the things in your business. Mm-hmm. There's some really good ones like that too. I like that. Yeah. Okay. What are your, what is your forecast for 2022? What are your thoughts and projections? Oh, can I get my notes? Please <laughs> use the notes. Well, I do think, I think video in general, and I've been saying this for years is a non-negotiable in 2022 in some format. I don't think you actually have to do I don't think you do reels every single day to be successful, but I think people like to consume via video and Instagram is so busy that if you want someone to hire you to buy or sell their house through Instagram, they need to see your face and hear your voice. Like you can't just be like the days of just, you know, having a feed that keeps me active and there's some tips on there and, you know, pre-made content. It's not going to work. I think it's going to get less and less. I also think video in the form of just like having movement in your posts. So maybe you could go on Canva and search in the templates, like video templates that are just stock videos of maybe it's like a branch waving. And you put that as your background with your tweet quote over it, just having like movement in your, in your, um, in your content. Or there was one, which we won't get into the editing of this, but it basically flashed like 10 different colors as you're looking at it as a post it's solid. It's like a quote style graphic, but it was flashing colors, which can be done with like an InShot app or something like that. Essentially, I'll tell you really fast, make the same quote graphic in 10 different colors, save them all to your camera roll, upload them into InShot or something like that, and turn it into a video by increasing the speed and it will save it like a video and it will flash. Hmm. Oh, interesting. So I think things like that, like any, any form of video at all will be you were going to keep more, more of it. Yeah. More of it for sure. Okay. And just to break that mold of like the static image. Um, what else? Okay. While we're on the video for the, for the people who are afraid, I mean, we talked about this way back in episode 12 and Alyssa's like, I don't want to be on the video. And like, what's gonna, like, what am I supposed to do? Like, what is the, Lee Brown has the best advice on this. She's like, well, if you're worried about that, you're too fat or ugly or your hair looks bad or your sweat, like whatever the things are. Um, and your clients are going to find out they're going to find out anyway. Like that's how you show up. Like that's you, like you can't change who you are. You think, Oh, I'm wrinkly, whatever it is. Like that's who you are. But do you find that there's something that helps people kind of rip that bandaid off or like what, what works to get people onto video? I think the best way to do it is to say you're going to do it on Instagram. It's like your own accountability where you tell Instagram, whether it's in a post or a story or whatever you're going to do on Tuesday, I'm going to be live and share three things you need to know about real estate in 2022 or whatever your topic is or where I think the market's headed next year. Some topic that everyone wants to know the answer to and rip the bandaid off that way because you're literally holding yourself accountable to Instagram and From there, what I found when I did this is I did five days in a row of video and you can do it in your stories. You don't have to do it live, but just make yourself do it five days in a row. And it's cool. There is no other way to make it easier than to do it. There's not like a magical pill you can take or drink. You can maybe have a glass of wine and do it. If you need some like to release the 
calm the nerves or whatever you want to call I mean, it. Even just the podcast, hearing my own voice is a non-issue now. Whereas the first time I was cringing the whole time. Yeah. And then seeing yourself on camera is, you know, it just, it, you're right. It just gets naturally easier as you do it. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Carry on with your forecast. Okay. Hold on. I can't, <laughs> I lost my, oh, here it is. Oh, having an email list. And I kind of talked about this earlier, but I think having a place beyond just social media. So if you have a social media strategy, that's great. And it's a great place to connect and stay in front of people and all of those things, but having an additional place to follow up essentially, and not just in the form of leads. Like I said, in the beginning, if it's just, you're going to pop in once a month and let them know what local events are happening or just something about your life or something that's valuable information to the reader, whether it's their home favorites or whatever it is, but having another place to connect beyond Instagram, because if you think if Instagram went away tomorrow, it will not go away. But if it did, how are you just going to lose everything you just built? So some type of a piece of content that is an opt-in acts as like a gateway to another step with you, another step in your inbox. And I even think if you can create like a little mini and this sounds maybe overwhelming, but like a welcome sequence for a new email subscriber, like let's say you have a guide that you promote, they get in your inbox and you have like three emails that follow it up, introducing yourself, sharing your favorite local spots. And then, you know, what could they can expect to see from you? Just something that's going to give them like, okay, I'm not going to unsubscribe because I do want to see the local events they're going to share during the holidays or like what's going to keep them opening that email. But having that other place to connect, I think is super important. And then um, I also think that what else do I have on this list? Um, the authenticity factor. So like I said, I think done for you, like just a feed full of graphics is that's already not really working, but it's going to be, I I only see it getting even more. So people want to connect with the human, not just the business. So having like taking, how can you take a real estate, even if, even if it is a tip about real estate or something and put your face in the, in the video and do a face to camera tip in your Instagram stories versus just as a post. So how can I take these pieces of content and turn them into um, a more personal approach, I guess would be the answer. Mm -hmm. Oh, and then this one, the collaboration feature. So have you seen how you can collab with someone in a post on Instagram? It's like, no, no. So let's say I was going to highlight a local coffee shop and I went to the coffee shop, took a picture of my coffee, wrote up a post about why I love it, blah, blah, blah. I can invite them as a collaborator. And if they accept it, it pops up in both of our feeds with both of our names at the top. What? That's a big deal. So if someone is going to Roots Coffee Bar, which is my favorite coffee shop where I live, and I collab with them on a post, they're going to see the Chelsea Peterson and Roots Coffee Bar at the top of your post. What? Is we that can do one after now? this. What? Is that live now? Yeah. Yeah. Let's do one after this. That's amazing. Yeah. You can do wow. a picture of us and we'll collab on it. So it could be Hustle what? Humbly Podcast times Modern Agent Social Club. So it's just super fun because yes, it's great to feature other businesses and things like that, but usually it's like on one account or the other, or they share it to your stories and then it's gone. But if you can like live in someone's feed, now people that are local are going to come across that and they're going to see both of your names or yeah, the yeah, lender. If you do it with a home inspector, a stager, any of your like contract, like contractors that you work with, wow. you just get exposure to both audiences, which is that's kind of cool. really cool. That is really cool. 
So that I will see, I feel like there will be a lot of next year, which just means more collaborations in general with people teaming up, doing things together, whether it's a live video or, you know, before you would do a live video, I know Katie and I, we've done a couple and it's like either or account. Well, now you can invite as a class. Oh, like, t- oh. Just duplicates it. Duplicates it. I don't, I have not tried it with video, but I'm assuming it would work with video too. What? That's cool. Yeah. Hmm. So I see more of that happening. So think of collaboration, like don't stay in your own little bubble, but like, how could I bring on my lender and she could share some advice and then we'll live in each other's feeds. Yeah. That's genius. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then audio, I wrote down audio because I think podcasts have only gained popularity. And I don't know that. I mean, as a real estate agent, I'm not saying necessarily starting a podcast, but just like getting your voice out in your content. So you could do a reel that has more of like an audio voice over where you're maybe walking down your neighborhood, but then you're talking and you're, you're either giving a tip or a piece of advice, or maybe something inspirational to a home buyer, just getting like your voice into things, even with the reels and all the trending audio, that's someone's audio from somewhere or some show. Yeah. And it's so popular that I see it just becoming more and more, even if it's you just talking over your own, you know, mm-hmm. static, not static, but stock video, I guess. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Very good. That's it. That's all the trends. That's it. Oh, that was I, a lot. I have more. I have reels aren't going anywhere. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah. So if you do what you will with them, but again, I don't, I want things to be doable. So if my goal is to be on more video, but reels are going to take up so much of my time, maybe I start slower. Mm-hmm. Maybe I start with pouring my iced coffee and giving a tip with the text, you know, like right. something super simple, just super simple, that but it will sense. get you in that algorithm kind of floating mm-hmm. around. Um, Influencer marketing I had shared, which we kind of talked about with the link sticker. So almost being your own little real estate influencer and sharing favorite things for the home or what products to get as a new homeowner. And this is the book I read in book club, whether it's related to your business or it's more of the human part of your brand, like reading, or maybe it's the kind of wine you have or whatever it is, but taking, taking those things and like linking them. Like how many times do you come across someone's story and they share something really cool, but you're like, well, how do I get it? And where is it? Oh, I've had people ask for stuff like the dog has a puzzle. He eats treats out of, well, can you give me a link for that? I'm like, okay. (laughs) I would also like that link. That sounds really fun. Yeah. There you go. Um, and as far as like trends with the look of things, I'm seeing very heavy editorial style content everywhere. Like the editorial look with like the serif fonts and the, um, like almost like if you search editorial on Instagram or on Pinterest editorial style content, you'll see what I mean. But the, the script style fonts, the, almost like you're reading like a magazine, like Vogue ish, like that. Oh yeah. It does look like everywhere. I don't know if that will die down a little bit because it's almost like getting overly done. I was going to ask if you feel like you're seeing a trend in the look of something, what, is it better to maybe go outside of that and, or just stick with what people are liking or is there, I mean, trends are like any, like there's Mm -hmm. a trend because a lot of people like it. So yeah, I don't think think the disconnect is if, if that trend that you're jumping on doesn't really fit your brand. So if your brand is like super bubbly and fun and outgoing and bold, and you have like bright colors, editorial doesn't necessarily fit that vibe. So it's going to feel off. So like, don't just jump on a trend that's design focused because everyone else is doing it. You know, it makes me almost not want to do it, but I'm seeing a lot of that, but I would stick with what, who do you want? Like, what do you want your brand to feel like? If it's bubbly, fun, and bold, then I wouldn't 
do an editorial look, but it is, yeah, I'm almost seeing it like constantly on Instagram. Um, I did video motion email list and consistency is another thing on my list, which isn't anything necessarily new, but some like being consistent with something that is unique. So for example, Alyssa has her book club post that she does every time she has book club. Like that's a consistent thing. People start to know it. They start to remember it. They think of you not only for real estate, but for your book club, which goes hand in hand with, they know you sell real estate. They're just thinking of you more often. It's like if you post that you love Mac and cheese and every Monday you eat Mac and cheese for your cheat meal Mm -hmm. or whatever you want to call it, people are going to start to know like every Monday, where's your Mac and cheese post or her uh, Instagram story. Oh yeah. And you go to the grocery store and they see Mac and cheese and they think of you. (laughs) Right. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. I love it. Or friends. I see your friends, um, advent calendar behind you. Do you see, we should, we should open up. Oh, and like the friends Lego is back there too. Oh, I can barely see that, but I'll show it. I'll show it to you in a minute. Jay built it for me. Um, okay. I think those were all really good tips. Do you have any parting questions, Alyssa Jenkins of the social media, uh, common man? (laughs) That was great. (laughs) She says that was perfect. Um, okay. Did you bring a toast Chelsea? I did. Yay. Okay. I would like to flip Oh my God. <laughs> I forgot. Oh, it's no. the flip report. This is fine. This is fine. <gasps> Alyssa, You're ending the flip with report. It. We're going to edit this right back to the, we'll beep it, boop, boop it in the we end. Can, yeah. We don't need it to be at the beginning. I mean, no, we can that just, will make everyone listen to the whole thing. Cause they're yeah. like, <laughs> that's right. We're holding them hostage. So we are at the point where we're putting the house back together now. Okay. So demo was done, which was my favorite part. And now the contractor is constantly like, what color do you want this and that? And I'm like, I don't know. I can't. I hate this part. I hate this part. Insert my assistant, Whitney, who loves this part. So she's been helping me a lot just with picking out colors. We went to Sherwin-Williams and she even like passed a Navy house on Government Street and went and knocked on their door. Oh, my word. And they were thrilled. They were like, let's tell you all about it. Yes, let me tell you. And so we got the color. It ended up not being the color we used, but guided us in the right direction. So uh, my contractor's uh, primary language is Spanish and it has not been a problem until it's not a problem until it's a problem. Yeah. Until now when neither of us are the best communicators, as far as I don't know, always how to verbalize my vision of what I see for the house and he speaks Spanish. So it hasn't been the best combo. So things that I thought I was very clear on, um, Not so much. So I told him that, you know, we're painting the brick blue Navy. I never thought about telling him eaves, soffits, everything else. So the whole house exterior is Navy, but I think I like it. (laughs) I'm going to need to see this. And Whitney likes it because I asked, he, he was more than willing to change it, but I, it's a very short house. And so, so it, it made it taller. It kind of, mm, yes, brought it, it, up. it kind of worked. You started a trend. You started Maybe. a trend. We'll, we'll see what the public thinks. This isn't going to be like the best um, picture. Of, of course, I'll post them on Instagram, but. Um, oh my word. Oh, well, you know what? So the columns are going to be changed to. Uh, I actually really like it. I do too. The columns are going to be changed to wood like posts. A, like a bigger like column? A, yeah, like a cypress column. Okay. And then the front patio is going to be brick and herringbone, I think. That's what I told him. We'll see. 
if that's what happens. <laughs> um, but oh like, I was like, oh, wow. Like it's, it's blue. It's blue, blue. Like everywhere is blue. Everywhere is blue. What did you want that to be? If you, I don't know. I just, in my brain, I was just so brick focused. I didn't think about like trim and soffits and garage door. Like I, I just told him we're painting. Oh my God. The garage door is blue. What does Everything. Whitney think? I, I think it looks like, good. It's like the whole oh, wow. thing. The whole thing is blue. But what, what if you did a, like, I think it works for this house. I agree. I think it would look really good, which this is not something you probably want to spend money on for this, but a wood garage door would make it like a pop and then tie into your pillars, but you probably yes. don't want to buy a garage door. That's not in the budget, my friend. No. Well, the new people tell the new people, the buyers, when you sell it, yeah, this would yeah. look great with a wood you garage door. yourself a wood garage door. Yeah. That is all right. So what else is happening? Okay. So the second thing is I had told him that the upper cabinets were going to be white and the lower cabinets were going to be Navy. The upper and the lower cabinets are Navy. <laughs> Fixing that is actually kind of a hard fix because it, you know, you don't want to put too much paint on your cabinets and then sanding and then covering a dark color with a light color. But again, I like it. I, I, I think so, it works. <laughs> it's safe um, to say this flip is called the Navy flip. It's so it, it, it's a Navy flip. Yeah, pretty much. So that's the, I like the Navy. It I like the Navy too. So here's, I was worried it would feel too small, but it's a big kitchen. It's a really big kitchen. And so, um, that was going to all be Navy. I oh, that looks really good. Wait, you wait hold it still flash. for a second. Is it good? Yeah, I like the Navy and it, the wall color looks great with it. It has like a, a, a pretty patterned tile back. Can you, yeah, look, I could have say, look, that's the back of that. Oh yeah. That's really cool. Like, yeah. 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 There it is. Okay. That really breaks it up. I like that a lot. But, um, so we are just going to keep the cabinets in the bathroom white We're, because I didn't want it to be the Navy house. I didn't want it to be, and there's really not a lot of color in the house. It's strictly the, ca the cabinets in the kitchen are now the only thing that have color. Okay. Everything else is white, white walls, white trim, white doors, it's everything. Fine. It's fine. Um, Navy is a neutral. Yeah. Navy, Navy's and Navy's going to be the neutral of it this is, house. In fact, yes. So I am pleased with how it looks, but I'm, I'm just getting more nervous now because I'm realizing I need to be there more. I need to be really checking everything and catching things early. If it's not right. I'm just not the best at doing that. I would rather hide under a rock until the house is finished and then show up and be like, oh, oh all done. Finished. So I, I kind of forgot about this part of the process. Being, oh, being stressed. I haven't been stressed at all the whole time. Okay. So that's and the moment that he asked for the first paint color, I was like, <gasps> oh, what do? Oh, okay. well, that's a great question. Do you feel like getting to this part of the process again is making you feel like you don't want to do it again? Or you feel like you because during the process up until now, you've been like, yeah, I'm totally I'm back into this. Again. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. I think after this would be the perfect time to do it again. Cause you'll because know. I finally have everything, like yeah. all the colors and everything picked out. So I can mm. just be like, just do thing. it. Just do it over there. Right. Okay. Um, so I feel like now would be the perfect time. I feel like it's the distance between houses that would actually be the hard part but okay. um so far the mistakes have uh not been anything detrimental and I have been fine with the mistakes nothing needs to be corrected yet but it does make me I, I have to finish the house so 
Chelsea, do you have any questions for the flip report? What is the next, what is next after what's- So I thought I had maybe another house on the horizon, one street over. It's a house that I sold a client of mine six years ago and it was in tenant occupied and it was not in good shape at that time. She didn't care. The tenant wanted to stay. Same tenant has been there all this time. She called me and was like, Alyssa, we're investing elsewhere. We want to get rid of our rental property. And it's literally, it's the one street, it's behind my house I'm doing now. So I thought, well, this would be perfect because I could just say all the colors and everything that we picked, go over here and do the same thing. So we were kind of talking about it and even talking price. And I was prepared to like move forward on that one. And then she was like, oh, by the way, if you're not, if you end up not being interested, I started talking to people at work about it. And now like four other people like might be interested uh, as well. And so now the price that we were discussing is not the price oh, anymore. And yeah. I know my numbers very well because I'm in this one now. Yeah. And so I don't think it's going to work out. So now I, I don't even know if I would be able to like in this market, finding the no. house be- that you can actually put money into and not come out so over it's just the margins aren't there in this market maybe right in, in 10 more years you'll do another <laughs> so that being said I don't know if I'm going to be able to like buy another one if I come across one I would but I don't know market yeah. dependent very market dependent if I can find it yes I would love to do another one once this is over because I have all every all the time consuming stuff is done um, and it's fresh in the contractor's mind. Like he will remember next time that the upper cabinets will be white because it was like, he was like, Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yeah, like oh. I could, I could not have been more clear about that. So, oh, no. and he's so nice. He was, he was totally willing to like fix it, but I was like, just I, I do like it. It looks good. It's not what I hoped for, but it's not worth redoing. So I think the wood pillars by the front door will break up the blue. Yeah. And the front and door and itself is lighter. Um, it's going to be like a raw wood that matches the pillars. And then we're going to get some like pops of green landscaping. Um, so it's all gonna, it's going to be fine. It's be oh fun. yeah. It's all fine. I love it. It's like HGTV. You just need the part where they surprise you with the design, with the colors. Yeah, that's what I want. I want to be like, do you remember? (laughs) Show up. Your house is renovated. Yeah, great. Wonderful. It's done. Okay. The flip report. And on to our toast. Time for a toast. Oh, we've never done the flip report at the end. Okay. Let me, oh, you have your toast. You've got it. Yeah, Yeah. I can do the toast. Okay. I wanted to toast to Allie Sweezy, who is one of my members and she did a special live training in the membership to talk all about her success with the 12 days of Christmas campaign last year. And she did such a good job and she's always willing to share with other members what things are working for her and her successes. And she's just been super awesome. And she's local here in Wisconsin where I live. So I wanted to toast to her and yay. Cheers to Allie. We love her. Tell Alyssa, Allie works with her mom. She works with her mom, Holly. And I met them for the first time in June of this year, we went out for wine and dinner and they, they both love wine. And we had a lot, we talked about wine for a full hour. They're super fun. Um, but they're just, they're a really cute mother and daughter team. And 
They're really best. That is Mm -hmm. cute. Super cute. Okay. Well, cheers to Allie. And thank you, Chelsea, for being here again for a third time. Mm -hmm. Thank you. It's like I'm the social media guest. Yes. Very informative. You're our social media (laughs) expert. So don't go anywhere. We'll have to have you on over and over and over again. Jason, what are y'all talking to Chelsea about? Social media. (laughs) (laughs) Social media. (laughs) Obviously. Well, I asked Jay because he was here when I first got on. You guys were not. And I said, when are you going to be on the podcast for Jay of all trades? And he was like, I don't know what I would talk about for an hour. And I was like, I'm pretty sure you could come up with some stuff to talk about. All the the things. Yes. All the the trades. 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 We could talk about so many things. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, thank you again. Oh, Chelsea, tell people where to find you um, so they know. You can find me on Instagram at Modern Agent Social Club, just like it sounds. And on my personal account, the Chelsea Peterson, S-E-N is how you spell Peterson. If you can't find me, find me through Modern Agent because that's easier. Perfect. And we'll put it in the show notes. So it'll all be, it'll all be there. Okay. Thank you for being here. And um, okay, you guys do some reaching out to your people and, and, and talking to your local peeps before the holiday. Awesome. Okay. Bye friends. Bye. Bye. Bye Chelsea. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Hustle Humbly podcast. Let us know who we should toast to for the next episode. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Hustle Humbly Podcast. If you have an episode, topic, or question, please email us at hustlehumblypodcast at gmail.com. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. See you next week. Bye. This is the good life.